It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little about that which we love, corporate America, and the craziness that ensues in cubicles, in all types of offices across the globe. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplaces, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Kim, let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Let's get into it. What is it? Okay. So uh, so we recently talked about um, workplace trends for 2019. Yes, true. Now, if you'll remember, maybe roughly a year ago, we talked about workplace trends for 2018. We did. Should we see if they came true? Let's do it. Okay. Um, scrolling, scrolling. So the article that we referred to was a Forbes article about 10 workplace trends we're going to see in 2018. So what I'm going to do is I'll throw it out there for you. Uh, and you tell me true or false, okay? Okay. Number one. So did this or did it not happen in 2018, Kim? Leaders encourage more human interaction. Mm. So they're saying that companies are going to continue to promote their workspaces and design um, such that they will facilitate interpersonal relationships between employees. Uh, I think it's a 50-50. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, um, I think companies have, in general, are designing workspaces to help facilitate more face-to-face -face collaboration, um, but I think not everybody is embracing that and they're still instant messaging each other, texting. Um, so I think it's, I think that one's a 50, 50. I don't think it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Thoughts. Okay. I think remote working might be increased. So yeah, that throws this out the door. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I agree with what you said. I do think that when they're... So even the company I'm working for, as they're creating new workspaces, there's not even things... There's, it's not even cubicles anymore. There's your desk, and on the side of your desk, there's maybe these little, short, little, few-inch, whatever... Partitions? Partitions or walls attached to your desk. Mm -hmm. It's not even a cubicle wall anymore. Yeah. And I think the idea is it does encourage collaboration or a human interaction. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it works, though, because people don't want to talk out loud because everybody can hear you. Right. And so they do. They might literally be sitting a couple feet apart from each other like you and I are, and they'll still use instant messaging yeah. of some nature Yeah. instead of actually speaking aloud. Or if they're going to speak aloud, they go into a little huddle room. Huddle rooms are a big thing. Yeah. They'll go into a huddle room. So mm -hmm. I don't... I, I don't know that it does increase I because everybody feels weird. And I don't work in an office. Yeah. As you know, I'm a remote worker. But when I go in there, I'm excited to be with people, so I will speak aloud. And I kid you not that people from four lanes down of, of desks will respond to what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Because even if I'm, I'm not talking that loud. Right. But there's no walls. Yep. So everybody can hear me. Yeah, so let me let me uh, share with you what, so where I work at right now, uh, one of our floors, they redid an area to take down the standard cubicle walls that are six feet high, eight feet high, however tall they are, right. 
and lower them down to like four foot walls. And the one wall that's like a partial wall that has like a little opening for you. So like you have like a, not a door, but just an entryway, but you have like a three quarter wall so that you got even like a four sides with some privacy, right? So they took those walls down. So you've it's kind all of, open. it's open. They've lowered the walls as well. And so I was asking some folks like, Hey, you know, your new space looks really cool, really bright, open, airy. And they're like, I hate it. Yep. And I'm like, what? We just spent all this money. Why? What's, and they're like, well, like we, we use instant message more. And I'm like, okay, well that kind of defeats the purpose of this investment. And they said, well, here's the thing. When we had our own little cubes, we could go into each other's cubes and talk to each other like we had a private area. Mm-hmm. Now everybody can hear everybody's conversation. I'm like, well, and they can see who you're talking right, to. Right. And you can see who they're talking to. And I'm like, but you could hear through the cubicle walls. And they're like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Not if you whisper. Well, yes, and then that's what they said. But sometimes when we had things like we really wanted to talk about, like we didn't talk in our normal voices, like we whispered. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's normal cubicle etiquette. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, so we spent money and you're not happy. And they're like, nope, we all hate it. Yep. I'm like, okay. So while well, you create an environment to encourage human interaction. It doesn't work. It hasn't. No. I So the many, I bet 15 years ago, oh, ugh, that sounds horrible. Um, I worked in, at a place where it was, like, it wasn't even necessarily cubicles. Like, there was a, sort of like a, let's call it like a U, but with squares, like a U-shaped desk. And, pe- like, people sat in each corner, the four corners, mm-hmm. if you will, of yeah. that U, kind of. Yeah. Um, and... When you sat at your desk, the little, like, wall, which you could, like, stick pin things into because paper was a thing, um, it was maybe, like, oh, six, eight inches high. Yeah. So, like, if you had a full sheet of paper, it hung onto your desk or mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, that's how tall it was. So, when you sat down, even somebody like myself who's not super tall, like, you could see my shoulders and my head yeah. all around. And so... We did have conversations as we sat at our desks with each other because mm-hmm. we were so close and and you could see everybody. Right. So we would. But I kid you not, the number of times somebody would say, could you pe-, like literally yell, could you people shut the F up because I'm trying to get some work done. Yeah. It Like it got hostile. Yeah. So okay, that wow, we went off on that one. Yeah, we okay. did. Okay. okay, let's keep going. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. 2018, did this happen, Kim? The next wave of learning credentials. One of the most disrupted industries is education, with more third parties offering courses, credentials, and certifications than ever before. There's an abundance of online blah, blah, blah. So our, did, in 2018, did you see that employees were looking for and achieving a, different types of credentials? Yes, I did see that. That people were taking ownership of their learning and development and doing more online courses. Um, yes, I did see that in the workplaces I've been. I'm going to say I agree with you because like people would like add it to their resume or talk about, oh, I did this weird online course or, yeah. oh, I heard about this training and so I did this yeah. 
And it's not like it was like I they got credits or they got a letters to put their behind their name right. or anything. But they were out there learning. Right. Yep. Okay. True. Okay. Three. Yep. Um, did in 2018 companies focus on upskilling and retraining current workers? Hmm. I don't think so. But I mean, I'm going off of my limited yep. scope mm-hmm. of view and talking with colleagues. I don't recall any of my colleagues talking about the upskilling or retraining. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the what they kind of go into here and, and talk about is that, you know, there are, like, companies are having trouble finding the right talent. So they will put, in order to fill those jobs, they will put effort into taking their own people and, and upskilling and retraining them. Yeah. I'm going to say with you, I... I agree. I I still see, and you know, even from an outsider at, at my company or talking with friends at their companies, like there's still a lot of trying to hire from the outside mm-hmm. to fill a particular role. Yeah. Yep. I think we could all definitely do better on that one. Yep. But you know what? Maybe if we the one before it about the learning and whatever, if we all keep doing that, right, we'll help ourselves. With. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Number four, Kim. In 2018. Did artificial intelligence become embedded in the workplace? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. That was very definitive. Yes. I think we're getting there. I don't... Embedded seems real strong. We just... So, uh, we just talked about the 2019 trends. And data was a big portion of that. Right. To me, this is kind of the same thing. I think we just keep... You... I think we keep using tools and identifying tools in which we can capture the data. I don't feel like I am impacted in my workplace by a lot of AI. Hmm. You don't have a lot of chat bots or... Okay. Yes, but that sort of predictive, like what should you be doing next or where should you be going? It's not, I don't think it's there yet. Hmm. Okay. I think we might still be in the data gathering. Okay. And use, maybe using a little. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's embedded seems strong for me. Okay. Five. Kim, in twenty nineteen, I mean twenty eighteen, uh find financial and mental wellness get prioritized. Oh my gosh, I forgot like I have no recollection of this at all. Yeah. And we just talked about this for twenty nineteen. So in twenty eighteen, what do you say? Uh I think uh yes, on the mental wellness in the workplace is Agreed. getting more prioritized. Um, I think about especially um, companies in France. I think the country of France in particular has done a lot for the mental wellness of their of the employees and the wellness that and things that managers need to go through and think about. So I think I would say France, in my opinion or my experience, is leading the way on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it in China as well, uh, taking some leads in this area. The financial wellness, I'm not seeing as much, but certainly the mental wellness. Yeah, I, I, 100%, I agree. Next. Okay, in 2018, did we see employee burnout causing more turnover? Yes. Wow. So before we started recording, I was just telling you about how exhausted I am. Yeah. <laughs> I think this might be carrying over to 2019. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got a hangover. Um, I think this just continues. It's 
it's something I think that in certain areas, maybe there's a little bit of control each year achieved, but not in all. Like, I think there's still areas that there's still burnout. Yeah, I think that there is a lot of burnout and more and more. And I think the more tools and data we have at our fingertips, the more people are working um, even though there's the flexibility in the schedule, you're still trying to do it all. And it's like a almost a 24-7. You know, I've talked to a colleague. She tells me, oh, I have my phone right next to my bed. And if I hear it buzz throughout the night, I wake up and I look to see what that email is that just come in. And I said, that's a little cuckoo. Right. What about, and I don't know about your leaders, but I know um, that mine, and I feel like this is, a bad example for them to set. Uh, case in point, today, um, my uh, my people leader was on PTO. Do you know how many emails I got from her? Probably a lot. A lot. Yeah. I just kept replying, you're on PTO. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that is an issue. And I think... Um... Again, this colleague that has the phone next to her bed, you know, her employee said, we get it. You work 24-7. Is that at your expectation of us? Yes. And and she told me, she said it kind of caused her to pause for a minute to say, oh. And, and what she wound up telling the employees is, look, I don't expect you to respond, you know, that moment, whatever, here's what I think is a reasonable amount of time to respond. And I think she said, you know, 24 hours. Yeah. Unless it's something that's marked urgent or, you know, something yeah. like that. But in general, 24 hours. And so she said that she has seen a difference in her workforce or her, you know, mm-hmm. direct reports in their level of stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, it's a lot to feel like you have to be on 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, so number seven, did this happen in 2018? Workforce decisions sway consumer behavior. So they're saying here that HR and talent leaders have desired that seat at the table, air quotes, that seat at the table so they can influence the CEO's agenda. And so if we look at the advent of big data, um that you know all the research that's being done in this area that they they say they can finally draw the connection between a positive employee and candidate experience and revenue so workforce decisions sway consumer behavior mm. yeah i think so one one of the numbers they actually put in here was 64% of job seekers say that a poor candidate experience would make them less likely to purchase goods and services from that employer. Yeah, I can believe that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, who hasn't gone into a company and had a bad interview? You're like, man, they're just a crap company. Oh, yeah. I would never, you know, blah, blah, blah from them or, you know, work for them, buy from them, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Whereas you think about other can- other places you go and you've had a great candidate experience, you may not have got the job, mm-hmm. But you still had a great candidate experience, and you're like, yeah, I, th- it was awesome. I had a great experience. Yes, I would definitely a buy, company. I'd buy their products. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number eight. Did this happen in 2018? 
companies take diversity more seriously. Oh, yes. I agree. Yep. And it, honestly, it wasn't that hard. And it was, I mean, it's good to see. Um, I, I mean, there's still a lot of reports. So I think it was a baby step probably in 2018. There's still lots of reports and things about how there's hate inequalities mm-hmm. by by gender or by race or, you know, various things like that. So I don't think we've uh, nailed it yet. I don't think we're closing this one out. No, no. We have a long way to go, but I've seen a more uh, focused effort and a not lip service. Well, I want to say, Kim, correct me if I'm wrong. So I, I'm, I'm going to say some words. They're not 100% correct, but I know I'm going down the right avenue. And that is... I believe it's in California that they actually are putting a law. I, I think they talked about it in 2018. Maybe it's going into effect in 2019. Anyway, a certain percentage of, is it board members or executives at a company? Have you heard this? Um, have to be female. Yes. Yes. I've heard something along that lines. And I, so I don't remember if it was executives at the company or if it was board yeah, members or something yeah. like that. But to this point of taking it seriously, like they're putting laws you know, into place um, around this. So, I mean, I, I definitely think it was top of mind and and progress was made. Yes. Um, yep. Oh, gosh, this next one seems interesting. Okay, did this happen in 2018? The deregulation of labor laws. Hmm. So um, just kind of scanning this one, um, under the current administration, and this is, you know, from a, a year ago, more labor laws are being deregulated, which is costing companies money and impacting their ability to promote diversity and protect worker rights. So they say that um, over half um, uh, say each regulatory change costs their organization up to $100,000 on average. Oof, yikes, that's a lot of money. So more than two-thirds say that compliance has become more expensive in the past year. And so I think what all these numbers are leading us to is that instead of uh, having to measure and 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 have all this compliance in place and do this reporting and tracking that laws are being deregulated um, uh, under Obama which as we know has changed um, and so they're they're sort of working through this um, undoing unraveling of different regulations that require these companies to do all of this reporting so, yep, the also the article also goes on to say that the White House is undoing regulations that require companies to report worker compensation by race, gender, and ethnicity, and another one of the that forces companies to log workplace injuries. Um, these deregulations with both cost companies money and save uh, time, blah, blah, blah. So... It sounds like Ocean EOC. It, yes. Um, have I seen... Do I think deregulation of labor laws... I haven't seen it, felt it, and I I get the intent of all the reporting is time and, and money for a company. But let's face it, without these regulations. There's a reason they're in place. That's right. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are going to do stupid things. Yeah. I mean, even when I look at like the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there's a lot of reporting that has to go into that by companies. But, I mean... If we're talking about, uh, and you know, 2019, actually was in here in 2018 too, talking about using data and whatever, mm-hmm. it, that data not only measures where we're at, but it helps move 
the needle right wait where it needs to go in the future too, right so and if companies just did the right things if people just did the right things then we wouldn't necessarily have to have all this regulation yeah right so um with this deregulation kind of comment and, and things like that um i i think it in a way it traces back to what we were talking about for um well 2018 and and and, and 2019 sort of that diversity social responsibility mm-hmm. uh place and i what i what i will say this is not deregulation as this one particularly says but i do think there's a lot of great strides being made with talent acquisition and yes where can we look for diverse candidates how can we build a diverse slate of candidates and it's i think amazing the innovation and creativity Mm -hmm. that now goes into those spaces instead of well i'm just going to post this job out there and see what i get right but there's a lot more thought i think today in 2018 and 2019 going into right into that yep Okay, number 10. Okay, here we go. Uh, in 2018, it says here, the aging workforce. The f- workforce is continuing to age with baby boomers living longer and retiring later. Did yes. that happen? Yes. yes. I mean, if we think about in episode number 42, we talked about, you know, the handful of employees that, you know, I've seen in, in my business, oldest one being 78. Yeah. And, you know, a handful being over 70, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I see it. We see it in the gig economy, right? You talked about yep. retirees as mm-hmm. Uber drivers. Yes. Yeah. So what, in this article from 2018, um, when looking at, so this was a year ago, looking ahead to what was going to happen in 2018, we also talked about with that aging workforce in the 2019, talking about how many more people turn a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked the question, is that going to limit all these younger folks in advancing? Earlier career Thank colleagues. You. It's a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> those kids, uh, those darn kids. Um, is it going to limit them in any way? And what's interesting here, when they were talking about this for 2018, so a year ago, um, they, I mean, one of the, the points they make here is, as baby boomers maintain their leadership positions, it will be harder for younger workers to rise up. And what we heard for 2019, a year later, was it's really all about experiences and mm-hmm. even moving horizontally and building the diversity of skills and and the, you know uh, various cross-functional yeah. um, type of skills. So the tone is different year to year. Yeah, I'm noticing on this one. Yeah. Yep. So I guess we, in 2018, what it seems to me is we accepted that, yep, they're yep. sticking, they're still here. Yeah, yep. <laughs> they're sticking around. So how do we make the best of uh, of this yeah. for all Yeah. in the workplace? Yeah. Okay, that was fun. That was yeah. super interesting. So it was a good look back. I think we still have some work to do around, you know, artificial intelligence becoming embedded. Yeah. Um. But a lot of progress made this. Yeah. Yep. Bravo to all of us in the cubicles. Yes. We're doing some craziness. Oh, my God. We are amazing. We are amazing, despite all the insanity in the cubicles. Right. Cubicles. I need to go tell my boss and get a big raise. Yes. 
Amazing. Okay. Uh, so I, I'll, I'm, what I'm going to do, Kim, if you don't mind, is I'm for our state, the obvious. Yeah. I'm actually going to uh, take a little bit of what we recapped from our 2019 workplace sure. trends discussion and go back to, because I think it applies to all the things we talked about yep. for 2018 too here um, in looking back what happened. And that is as employees and as individuals, we need to be self-advocates and educators and just continuously look for those opportunities to expand our skill set and stay open-minded. I think that's a very obvious thing we all need to do. So thank you. Maybe easier said than done. True. True. But let's try, Kim. Let's try. Okay. All right. So uh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Thank you to our active military and our veterans for your service and all that you've done for us. And please stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.